You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. On today's show, we have a special interview with former Boston College forward Sean Marshall, who's going to talk about his time at Boston College, his relationship with Al Skinner and Jared Dudley, and Pete Frades. You're going to want to hear about that because he also is going to talk about the state of BC basketball and where he thinks the program needs to go. It's an interview you don't want to miss. And it's coming up in the third segment, so check that out. So we got a little bit of news to jump into first. BC women's basketball had their game on Thursday against Syracuse. It's the second round of the ACC tournament. Unfortunately for the women, they played well, but they could not win in their third game against the Orange, dropping today's game 67-61. to Syracuse was playing shorthanded as one of their stars was not in the game. Syracuse led for most of it. They jumped out to a 16-11 lead. Cam Schwartz, again, looked like she was going to be able to carry BC with six points in the first quarter. But then Syracuse kind of built a lead. They got up to 41-31 lead in the third quarter on an 8-0 run. But BC, the credit to these women, they came back. Michaela Dickens hit a pair of three-pointers, and brought it to within two. But Syracuse, who continued to get, you know, response after response after response in this game, hit, went on a 7-0 run to make it 56, uh, 55-46, and that was basically it. Dickens continued to to battle. You know, she, she hit some more shots, and she hit her final three to put it within two points with 18 seconds remaining. But Syracuse hit their free throws, and that was it. So this was the end of the season for Boston College. Uh, great game. Uh, you got to give credit to this BC squad. You know, it, it wasn't as as a glorious of a season as it was last year, and and it stinks that Boston College women did not get to finish their their year in the tournament because they probably would have definitely made it last year. But losing Emma Guy, you know, a big center that was very uh, very valuable to that squad last year. Proved to be a big, big blow for this team. And I, I see the talent still there. Taylor Soul will be back next year. I think the big, as I mentioned before, one of the big question marks that could be turning into a positive next year is Cam Schwartz. We saw her with that 31-point game against Pitt. You know, having a bat, a Robin to Taylor Soul's Batman will be a huge benefit for this squad next year. And, and if... Schwartz can become more of a consistent scorer and and show that type of, of flash that's going to put this team moving forward and I and I like I like a lot of the the the, the talent on this team I think there's some definite um, places that they're going to grow Allie Tim- Van Timberman I think you know six two she's gonna she's gonna be good and you get another year out of Michaela Dickens you get another year out of Clara Ford. This, this squad will be good in good shape next year. I think with another, you know, without pandemic stuff, I think they're going to just continue to become a better squad, and Joanna McNamee should should be okay. So it's a disappointing year in, in general. They didn't win all that many games. But I think, you know, you, trust the system. I think this is a system that's going to end up working for Boston College. Now back to the coaching search. As it seems like I, I had made my prediction, I've said all along in the last couple of weeks that – 
uh, give me, I, I can't give myself that much credit. About the last week, I've said Dennis Gates is going to be the next head coach, and I've heard, I've had rumblings, and I've I've got some sources that say it's going to happen. I've heard a whole bunch of other people disagreeing with me, and I want to kind of put that on the record. So, I've heard people saying that he's not the best fit. I've also heard that some people are saying that I'm wrong. And that's fine. You can say I'm wrong all you want. And I could be wrong. I What I heard was it, it sounded good. And that's de- I'm not saying it's definite, okay? I'm just saying that I've heard rumblings that it's close. And obviously with a coaching search, it could go in a million different directions. And if they haven't, hi- if they haven't hired anyone yet, there could still be changes that happen. You never know where Boston College is at because maybe they're, 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 they have Gates as their – their coach right now and they're thinking about him. But what if like Arizona fires Sean Miller or Indiana fires Archie Miller and, and they both become available? What if what if Notre Dame fires Mike Mike Bray and he becomes available? That that changes how your outlook of this whole coaching search. So while Boston College hasn't moved it, if Gates is the guy, you know, maybe they're gonna wait to, to announce it for a little bit. Uh, before the turn, like with the tournament and things like that, but maybe they are waiting out. Maybe there's another name out there that they're they're kind of f- figuring out as as new names could enter the po- the pool of, of possible coaches. I mean, obviously, you know, Dennis Gates is great, but if you could get like a you know like sh- just throwing that out there, Sean Miller, you get Sean Miller, right? But I that's just that piece right there is me conjecturing. The conjecturing. Now, in a moment, we are going to preview this weekend's games as there's basketball and there is baseball games that are worth talking about. But before we do, I want to chat with you about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easy way to bet on all your sports action. If you're going to bet, I recommend betonline.ag. Football may be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time odds, props on anything you can imagine. Heck, this weekend, this week, I put a little wager on BC. I thought BC would hold their own, but more against Florida State. Boy, was I wrong, and I lost. But hey, it wasn't that much, so it was just a little fun. So head on over to their website, or you're using your mobile device to sign up today for a free account and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use promo code Locked On. Again, head on over and use promo code Locked On. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Big Ben is back in yellow and black. Is that a good thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Boston College, this is AJ Black. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBC. You can find me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. And we are on Instagram and Facebook at Boston College SI. So this isn't sports related. It's about the podcast. I, I have a tendency. I love to listen back to myself. I like to, to learn about some of the the idiosyncrasies of how I talk and try to fix things. I, I realize some things I do, like I say the word talk way too much and I try to fix that. And I also say kids when I talk about college players and I, I'm working on that. So I am not a perfect podcaster, obviously. I'm still learning things. And I'm, I'm trying to fix some of the things that I do. But, you know, I don't do this all in one run. 
you know, sometimes in the middle of like, oh, I didn't like how that sounded. Delete this piece, add that piece in, you know, re repeat. Uh, last night, I, I laughed because I watched the BC basketball game, which completely screwed up my timing of recording this podcast. Look, I did, as you, if you listened to yesterday's podcast, I said that I recorded the first two segments and then watched the game and then recorded a, a recap of the basketball game. And I didn't do a good job of editing because I think it was the section, second section. I was talking about baseball and I screwed something up. And, and I thought I deleted it, but I clearly didn't. So it's it's going to be there for um, forever. I'm not going to delete it. It's funny. So if you want to go back and listen to it, I, I, le I left a uh in the middle of it as I was trying to, like, you know, figure out a stat that I was trying to add in. And it didn't work out. So I thought that was hilarious. I, stupid things. But I, at least I can laugh at myself at times. So check that out if you want to see me screw up. I should really make like a blooper reel of some of the things I do because you probably get a kick out of some of the screwy things I say. <laughs> so this weekend, let, enough about me. Let's talk about sports again. So this weekend, there's two big, there's two uh, a big series and a big game. So BC basketball, I don't, actually I shouldn't call it a big game. BC basketball is playing Miami, and this is the battle of two teams in the basement of the ACC. So Miami is in dead last. BC is in, I believe, second to last. And this is just basically fighting to see who, um, for, for position in, in the ACC tournament. Now, if you remember correctly, Miami is abysmal. They lost to Boston College under Jim Christian. Now that BC's heading to Miami, there's a lot for for BC to, to, to get take away from this game. BC hasn't won a road game this year. So this will be a big one to see if they can get that. And it will be their fifth win if they can win it. And it would also take them out of the basement of the ACC. Um, I think, obviously, you want to jockey yourself as much as you can to play Pitt, not Pitt, Notre Dame in the ACC tournament. So I don't know if that's possible, but that's what you want to look at. I'm not going to go into a whole preview of this game because I don't think anyone cares. Again, just like with last week's game, I'm just I'm just mentioning it in case you want to watch it. So BC plays against Miami. It is a a six o'clock game on the ACC Network. Not sure if Stefan Mitchell will be back for Boston College. That would be a big thing for them if he could come back. Uh, but that'll be a game if you want to watch some BC basketball before the ACC tournament when BC plays on Tuesday next week. Uh, that'll be your last chance for the season, and it'll be probably be Scott Spinelli's last game as the head coach of Boston College. Uh, regular season, excuse me. Now, let's talk baseball. Okay, I talked about yesterday. I was like so excited. I'm getting so excited about these baseball games. So there's a three-game series this weekend against Auburn. And again, these were the games that were replacing the Wake Forest games that had to be canceled because Demon Deacons paused due to COVID-19 uh, results. It's a three-game series at Auburn. And it's going to be at the Plainsman Park is the name of that playing. It's going to be a 5 o'clock game on Friday, a 3 o'clock game on Saturday, and a 2 p.m. game on Sunday. And unfortunately, it looks like only one of these games will be televised. And I'm not even sure any of us are going to be able to get it. It's on Sunday. It's on S uh, the SEC Network Plus. I'm not sure how to get that. I'm imagining it's probably online. But if you want to follow along, there's a lot of uh, – this, this is going to be an interesting – Auburn is six and two. They had a one and two weekend in the Round Rock Classic. They're number twenty five in the nation. They have two really good players. I think that you're gonna want to watch for them. That's Tyler Miller, who's a power hitting first baseman, 
who has hit already two home runs and 11 RBIs while hitting 444th for the season. You know, this is a Southern team. They're going to have some good hitters. Tyler Miller is one you want to watch for. And then Sunday starter Tracy Bright is the reigning SEC pit pitcher of the week. Trace Bright, excuse me. And enters the series with a 2-0, ERA with 10 strikeouts and 11 innings. So this is a good team. They made uh, the regionals the last three years and made a 2019 World Series opponent. Uh, for Boston College, their rotation works out this way. It's, it's not what you, nothing really uh, earth-shattering. It's Mason Pelio against Richard Fitz on uh, Friday. Pelio's 1-1 one one with a 6-0 ERA. Still waiting for him to have his breakout game. I mean, he looked good against Charleston Southern. He did not look very good against Duke. Um, and obviously, you know, he was the ACC preseason pitcher of the year. You want to see him have a shut, uh, like a lockdown game. And when you're on the road against Auburn, having a game like that would be a really nice way to turn his season around. So Pelio, I, I would love to see him have a big game. Then on Saturday, it's Emmett Sheehan, who has been the ace of the staff so far this year. He's 2-0 with a 1.5 ERA against Mason Barnett. And then Sunday, this is the tough one. So you, I, it almost looks like you, if you want to win this series – you want to win games one and two. Joey Fratrano, who just pitched against URI on Wednesday, he only pitched in an, an inning. He'll be pitching against Trace Bright, uh, who, as I just mentioned, is 2-0 and with a .82 ERA. So you have, you're basically on Sunday going with your uh, bullpen by committee rotation and going against the best pitcher on Auburn. So it's a tougher out for them there. So we'll have to see what happens. Now, Boston College and Auburn have an interesting history. They've played each other four times, and they've most recently played in 2010 where B, uh, Auburn beat BC twice. Uh, sorry, they beat BC 6-5 to five in 10 innings. But they also won a series two games to three in 2004, and this was the series where Pete Frades made his BC debut. He was a walk-on, he was a freshman, and he made us his debut as a defensive replacement in right field in BC's 11-4 win. Boston College has not had much success against SEC teams. They're 3-13 all-time against SEC squads. So we'll have to see. Now, as I said yesterday, if Boston College can pull off two out of three wins in this series, they, I mean, they, depending on how other teams could do, they're, they're itching into a top-10 team. Um, the, you know, four top 25 wins against two against Duke. And if they could get two against Auburn, three against Auburn would be great, but you, you never know. Um, that's where we're at with that. So in a moment, we're going to talk to Sean Marshall. And if you remember, Sean Marshall was a forward on some of those great Boston College basketball teams. And you're going to get to talk to him about some of his thoughts on a variety of topics, whether it was his relationship with Jared Dudley, knowing Pete Frades and his work with Team Challenge ALS in the, tur the basketball tournament, Al Skinner, and where he thinks Boston College basketball needs to go. This is an interview you don't want to miss, so make sure you listen to that. That's coming up next. I want to talk to you about rejecting the screen. Go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with the Rejecting the Screen podcast. Each week, Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko get personal while interviewing players, coaches, media members, all the people who make the NBA happen. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. With me, I have Sean Marshall, former Boston College star from 2003 to 2007, 
Sean's going to talk to us a little bit today about his career, his time at Boston College, and uh, the future of the BC basketball program. Sean, how's it going? I'm doing well, man. Excited to be on with you and uh, talk BC hoops. All right, so Sean, let's let's jump in before you started at Boston College. So you're a kid from California. What attracted you to Boston College? Um, my mom's originally from Waltham, so um, I had her whole side of the family out there. Although I had only met probably uh, uh, one aunt and one uncle, and my grandma who passed away even before I went to school. But um, you know that just having that family. Uh, that family there for support and being able to have um, my family come to every game, it uh, kind of drew me into, you know, uh, thinking about the possibility of, of going to Boston College. So, um, and then also having, having it be such a great university in terms of school and education, um, that was also important to me. So um, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really uh stuck on staying on the west coast that 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 wasn't that wasn't something that was for me I know a lot of west coast kids they they usually don't go all the way across the country to go to school but for me I really didn't care about that now you were on some great teams now I was at Boston College around the same time you were and I used to love going to the basketball games and I remember the games with you know your teammates with Craig Smith Lewis Hennett Jared Dudley and others and obviously you played under a great coach in Al Skinner what were some of the things that you learned about yourself under Al Skinner and what did he kind of teach you about you as a player, teach you about how to become more as a player? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is toughness. Um, I was always a hard nosed kid um, playing basketball growing up, but you know, playing for Skinner, you had to be tough. And if you like, you go down the line of the guys that played on those teams while, you know, I was there and, uh, even before me, the year before me, with guys like Ryan Sidney and Troy Bell and, you know, Craig and, and, and Lewis and Jared and Tyrese and Marquez and all these guys, man, we, we all had the same thing. And that was – we were mentally tough and we were, we were physically tough. We were going to beat you up in the flex and we weren't going to break. And um, that, that was Coach Skinner. Coach Skinner, you know, he, he was a laid-back guy but we knew that he meant business and he wanted his guys to be that way. And I think that we fed off of that. And I, I just really think that we would beat up a lot of teams, especially, you know, playing in such a physical conference, like my first two years was the big East and then the ACC um, you, you had, you had that, you had to be tough. And that's one thing that we just, we, we all had. Now you, you, uh, you just brought it up. You played against some great opponents and you had some, you know, epic matchups. I, I still remember that game against Syracuse. I think you were 20 and 0 and you started, it was one of those big games and you, and you beat Syracuse at home. Who, thinking back, uh, Sean, who was the toughest opponent you ever played player wise? Who was the toughest guy that you went up against and was like, man, this guy is tough. Um, <laughs> I mean, I went up against so many, so many tough guys, yeah. but, uh, I, the one that the one that comes to mind right away is my freshman year. You know, I, me and Dudley we started as freshmen at the two and the three, and I had to guard Ben Gordon after he just scored forty points, and uh, that was that, that was extre that was extremely tough for me. He, he was he was he was so strong, and you know I was bigger than him. He was six three, and I, I think we, he, I probably weighed more than him. I probably had about 10 pounds on him. But I, the, just being a freshman and feeling that senior strength of a guy that was getting ready to go play in the NBA, 
and he just scored 40 points. I, I was so nervous going to that game. Uh, I think he had 13. I mean, I would love to say that I stopped him at 13, but he broke his nose in that 40-point game, so that was his first game with the mask, so I think that had a lot to do with it. But, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he, he was a tough opponent, man. He was good. And also, yeah. J.J. Reddick was awesome, too, in college. So, yeah. you know, he ran off of every single screen, and he was my matchup, so I had to chase him around all game. And But, I mean, there were so many others. I, I, I just – every night was was that for me, so – yeah, yeah. And, and now you mentioned Jared Dudley and, and Boston College fans, you know, they, we'll talk a little bit about the coaching search in a second. The, his name has popped up for fans wanting him to be the next head coach at Boston College. Could you see Dudley as a head coach at some point uh, in the future? I mean, he's got a 15-year NBA career now and he's he's been so successful. Could you see him as a coach? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he definitely had like Without a doubt, he could connect with the kids. And I, I think that um, that's one of the most important things in terms of being a basketball coach is being able to connect with your players on a personal level because once you do that, they'll, they'll play their heart out for you. So I'm sure he can do that. And he's – I say it to this day, he's the smartest basketball player that I've ever played with. Um, you know, not being the most athletic, not being the fastest guy, but Jared was always in the right spots and he knew how to uh, evaluate a situation and make the most out of it. And that, that's what's made him a great player in the NBA. Now you've, you've had your own special career. You spent a lot of time overseas playing Turkey, France, other places like that. What were some of your favorite memories playing overseas? What were some of the highlights of your career uh, playing in Europe? Uh, um... Later on, and I want to say I was 30. It took me a while to win my first championship. So I was 30, what, 32 years old. I got my first championship. Um, that's probably the most the, the most memorable moment I had in my career because, I mean, I lost at the buzzer when I was 29. Um, no time remaining on the clock. They had to go check the monitor. We lost that game at the buzzer in the championship. That one hurt. So I – I really didn't know if I would get another chance to win a championship. So um, I would say the yeah, biggest accomplish, accomplishment is winning a championship. Um, and I want to say I only went on to play uh, three years more after that. So I'm um, just happy to say I got one. Um, obviously, as a as an athlete, that's what you play for. So um, for sure, winning that championship. Now you're retired now, correct? Yeah, I'm retired. I'm 35 years old. I hung it up. I'm a, I'm yeah. a family man now. Yeah. Um, what are you doing to keep yourself busy post-basketball? Um, me and one of my uh, best friends, Darren Collison, who also played in the NBA for 10-plus years, we, uh, we started a company together called Pro's Vision. Uh, it's a training company, and um, right now we train every top kid in California. We, we have them in the gym with us every, every day. Um, in the summertime, we had a number of NBA players who came through, we're going to be doing pre-draft um, workouts for, I can't say the guy's name, but some pretty, some pretty good picks in this year's draft. So um, things are really, really going well for us right now in terms of our company and uh, we're continuing to grow. We're, we're actually going to get a bigger facility in the next um, four to six weeks. We're, we're, um, we're planning on moving out of the one we're in. So things are going well, man. It's just a different side of basketball, the business yep. side of things, but, um, it's all the same grind and same mentality going at it. And, you know, I think a lot of fans noticed you, your name popped back up during the basketball tournament when you captained uh, Team ALS. Now, Pete Frady's was your roommate in college. 
what was kind of behind uh, what spearheaded you to, to become the captain and to kind of to jump into that tournament? Um, I mean, I love the tournament. I had played in the tournament um, for two previous years before creating Team Challenge ALS. Um, and, you know, I had been in communication with Pete and his family, um, you know, all the way up until he passed. But I wanted to do something special for their family and for Pete. Um, you know, we were, we were good friends in college and, um, you know, I just, I was inspired by the way he was just fighting for his life every day. So I wanted to be a part of that fight and raising money for ALS and, 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 and showing my friend that I really cared about, um, cared about him and showing his family that I cared about them as well. So created that team and, you know, it just took off from there. It was, it's, it was just unbelievable. Our first year, the run we made in that tournament, and then, you know, every year after that, having numerous amount of people just, you know, send messages and emails and letters about, uh, you know, what that team means to them. And it just – we realized with that team that it's, it was way bigger than basketball and actually it was way bigger than just Pete. There was just everybody in the world that was – fighting this disease and all the families, they were all rooting for us and it gave them something to look forward to every single summer. Yeah. Pete's, Pete's fight was such a, an inspiration for many across the globe and, and to see so many things that he's left in, in terms of his legacy, whether it's the new treatments for ALS that are coming out that are, are, are part of the ice bucket challenge funds that came up. Uh, but you know, and things at BC too, you know, there's a new basket baseball facility named after him and all that stuff. So, um, it was great work that you did with him. Now let's, let's kind of change gears. This is the last kind of questions for you, Sean. We're with Sean Marshall here. Um, you know, BC basketball, since you left, I, I'm sure you've probably been paying attention, hasn't been going very well. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's struggled. They've, they haven't made the tournament in over 10 years, and, you know, they just fired Jim Christian. Where do you think Boston College basketball needs – like what kind of identity do they need to establish – uh, to get themselves back into contending in the ACC again, like when you were there? Um, it all starts with recruiting, to be honest. I, I think that that was the key component when when I was there in the runs that we had. Um, Ed Cooley, you know, Bill Cohen, Pat Duquette, they all did a great job in identifying those guys that they were good enough to play in the, in that in a conference like that. And but also at the same time had a chip on their shoulder from being overlooked. And I think that that's what that's what Boston College needs to be about moving forward. It's we're not going to be a Duke. We're not going to be a North Carolina. You know, we're not going to be this these these house household names that just get five star recruits. That's just that's just not what's going to happen at BC. So you got to go out there and you got to recruit guys that, you know, fit a style of basketball that you know, a, co- a coach wants us to play. And I think that that's, that's what was the, the biggest factor for us. And if we can get back to recruiting hard-nosed guys that are, you know, great human beings that could do the, cl- the homework and do the classwork, but also at the same time compete with those five stars that have the same kind of, you know, talent, but were overlooked, I think that we'll be back right back on track. And I think that that's what we got away from in the previous years is, we were recruit. I'm, I'm not saying that they were bad players, but we were recruiting guys that I just don't think were, you know, were were at the at the level of the play in the ACC. And you know, I think that we got to we have to get back to that. And if we can get back to that, and we can have a coach that comes in that gets back to 
you know, that, that toughness and that, that hard nose kind of play and, you know, those chip on the shoulder type of guys, I think that we'll be right back to where we were. Hey, Sean Marshall, thank you so much for coming on. Yep. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Go be safe.